Okay, get this rolling here. Are we gonna, we're gonna, I want to go here first in, in Luke chapter, we're going to talk about Abraham uh, this morning. But I'm going to go to Luke chapter uh, uh, 11, I think so I'm going to go to. Let me go to 11. No, 8, excuse me, that's where it is. In Luke chapter 8. Okay. Oh, let's see. Now I'm going to go to 13. Okay, and I'm going to switch to the, the King James Version here. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, let me switch back to the, to the Living Bible just a moment. Let's go back to Luke chapter 1. And like I say, uh, I mean, just, it's just, if, you, if you take each one of these books and just look at them, instead of hopping in the center of them, or thinking somebody's trying to prove a point to you by hopping in, go to the beginning of it and go find out what's going on. Look at this. Dear friends who love God. Now this is, the King, this is the Living Bible, but if you look at your King James, this is exactly what you'd tell somebody standing next to you if you read it to them in the King James. Several biographies of Christ have already been written, have already been written using the source material, the reports circulating among us from the earliest, the earliest disciples and other eyewitnesses. Well, that makes sense to us as Americans. We're used to that kind of English. But the King James actually says, as much has been taken a place because of blah, blah, blah. Let's look at the wording just a moment. You'll see why it's kind of neat that you uh, can see this in the Living Bible. Look at this. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth and order declarations. What is this? The Declaration of Independence? No. He's just talking about a record. A record. Of those things which we most surely believed among us, even as they were delivered unto us. He's just talking about a library of these things. Which from the beginning, eyewitnesses, ministers of the word. So let's go back to, uh, let's go back to uh, the Living Bible just a moment. So, well, I had it. Here we go. Living Bible. Here we go. For as much as many have, I'm still in King James, here we go. Dear friend who loves God, several biographies of Christ have already been written using their source material, the reports circulating among us from the earliest disciples and other eyewitnesses. Oh, anyway, however, it occurred to me that it would be well uh, to recheck all these accounts from first to last after a thorough investigation and write a summary. Now, that, that's doggone good. Wow. And, of course, this guy is Luke, and we know he's Luke the physician, how do you know that? Well, follow him in the book of Acts. He was in the book of Acts following, he was, he was with Paul most of the time. So anyway, my story begins with the Jewish priest, Zacharias. Now hold on, let's just start with, with a Jewish. What's the Jewish? Well, the Jewish people came back from, if you follow all the way back, and they can, all the way back to Abraham. And if you get to Abraham, if you take the book of Genesis, you can follow all the way back to Adam. Now, I want us to skip all the way to... Uh, Actually, I tell you what, I want to go to, uh, we'll go to uh, the book of Matthew. And in Matthew, I want to go to chapter 8 here. I Actually, now hold up just a second. Matthew chapter 1, notice this, chapter 1, verse 1. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ, a descendant of somebody we know, King David. Couldn't be imaginary. And look at this, and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was father of Jacob. We most, we most likely can get those real quick. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because we hear it a bunch. And then after that, you would have, oh, uh, oh, uh, there's 12 sons of Jacob. And he only names one because that's the line that Jesus came out of. Okay. Uh, anyway, but if you keep going here, uh, I want to get all the way to there's, uh, there's actually, notice how it sums them up. Finally, he says he's the son of uh, Joseph. 
and Mary, okay, the mother of Jesus. There are 14 generations. See, this is where we're, the Bible's incriminating itself really bad here by saying these things are fact. Well, that's because they are fact. The Bible didn't have a problem with it. You're not going to be able to get very far if you go over to Israel right now and say, Abraham, I, Abraham never existed. I don't know what y'all doing. And the British were really picky about this thing. The British were involved in trying to get Israel to become a nation in whatever, 1938, 39, 40, whatever it was. And also the Crusades, you know, all those kings that went out back that way. They were fighting Muslims, whatever. A lot of war going on. We're going to get to answer a little bit that this morning. Anyway, so King David, I mean, Abraham to King David were 14. And from King David, like I said, to the exile, that was Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, they all lost their nation. And then there were 14 from there to Christ. So it's not like some people say, well, it was, the, it was the quiet years. We didn't know what was going on. It wasn't that quiet. It was, uh, they, they, they came back to Israel, Nehemiah and Ezra. The, uh, the nation was, uh, the city was rebuilt again. But the Persians took over and the Romans took over. Okay, but anyway, notice the book of Matthew doesn't have a problem with talking about a guy by the name of Abraham. Look over here at, uh, let me go to 22 just a moment. I think there's one in 22 I want to see. Oh. Okay, one second. Yeah, look at this. Some Sadducees, that's a group. These were actually the political leaders. They actually were Pharisees. This is interesting. These actually were the Pharisees that were, had a political slant to it. In other words, like, we're elites. And they know there's no such thing as God in the first place. They were just faking it. That's the reason they said there's no resurrection. Who said there's no resurrection? But they were in charge. You know the high priest? The high priest was a Sadducee. How could you have a high priest that doesn't believe in basically God or the resurrection? That's the reason Jesus overturned the temple. He turned those tables over. He was so mad at that bunch. Anyway, they said there's no resurrection after death. And they said, sir, Moses said that if a man died without children, his brother should marry their kids. And in other words, the brother is supposed to raise him up and have kids so that the dead man could still have properties. His, his kids could. Well, we had among us, you know, this man, he married this woman, and then, his, then he died, and then his brother, all the way, all the way to seven of them. Remember the story. Now, let's see what Jesus said. You do, your error is caused by your ignorance of the scriptures. Now, whoa, 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 what scriptures? That's our Bible, praise the Lord. It's called scriptures. He says, for in the resurrection there's no marriage, and everyone uh, is like the angels in heaven. But now let's skip on down here, and notice what he says here. Don't you realize? No, actually, look what he says. Now, as concerning the resurrection of the dead, don't you ever read the scriptures? Well, no, wait a minute, Jesus. I have got my star. I have read the Bible. Reading the Bible is not enough. You keep reading the Bible. It's history. Do you see that? He didn't say, you know, have you, you know, ever read, you know, basically implying that's it. But anyway, don't you realize that God was speaking directly to you when he said, now notice, that, notice what Jesus said. He was speaking directly to you. Wow. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God's not the God of the dead, but the living. I'm telling you, Abraham's been gone a long time at this point. And Jesus said he was still alive. Wow. What a story. Man. Okay, anyway, so let's just dive back into uh, something. This time we're going to take a look at uh, Abraham himself this time. Oh, so let's get right to it here. Let me close this down. Hit that, and let's go to, 
You'll find Abraham in the book of beginnings here. And uh, Genesis goes by so fast. By the, uh, you've got creation, and anyway, by the, uh, the 12th chapter, you've got Abraham. But I want to pick up a little bit further in his life here, and we're going to start here in 18. The Lord appeared again to Abraham. See, in the scriptures, I mean, it's just common. I mean, the Lord's not far from any one of us. The scriptures tell us that. But anyway, while he was living at the Oak of Mamre, this is the way it happened. One hot summer after he was sitting in the opening of his tent, he suddenly noticed three men coming toward him. Now, some people jump in, oh, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, the next chapter says it was two angels, and it was the Lord. So you got two angels and the Lord. But just, just read the details. Three guys were coming. He sprang up to meet him and welcomed them. Now, now, Abraham knew who they were. Sirs, he said, please don't go any farther. Stop a while and rest here in the shade of this tree, and I'll get, I'll get water to refresh your feet. Now, remember, God had already told him, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have a child. You know, He's going to name Isaac and all this kind of stuff. Okay, God had already been taking care of him like crazy in the preceding chapters. And so Abraham's saying, hey, look, stick around here and eat. Well, of course, the Lord don't eat no meat. Well, he's fixing to have a roast. I mean, this is, I mean, it's just neat to just lighten up about the Bible. The Lord will have a tailgate party with you. Don't worry about what you eat. Get a bite to eat and strengthen it. Do stay a while before continuing on your journey. They said, all right, do as you said. Abraham ran back into the tent. Now, this was no pup tent, man. They had tents as big as this church and better and rooms and whatever. And, and, and Abraham had servants and slaves or slaves or whatever. And a lot of people were with him in, in his group, lots of them. Anyway, he ran back in and said, hey, quick, Sarah. He said, make some pancakes. Use your best flour. Make enough for the three of them. Then he ran out the herd. He selected a fat calf and told his servant, hey, hurry up, butcher this thing, you know. And anyway, before he knew it, uh, they had all this food laid out before him. Now, watch this. Now, remember, you remember, I'm going to bring this into us. We have this same blessing. This same blessing is ours. So he says, the Lord says, where's your wife? They asked him. In the tent, Abraham replied. Then, see, the Lord. That's how we know it's the Lord. Okay, wow. Well, she's in the tent. The Lord said, well, next, next year. Now, if you read the preceding chapter, the preceding chapter, actually starting at 15, Abraham said, what good are all your blessings if I don't have a child? And the Lord told him, what? Look up at the skies, so shall be your descendants. So, and Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. In other words, God treated him like he was perfect. So God already said, okay, you believe about my, my promises to bless you, and I have. And Abraham's going, well, yeah, but I don't have a child. My servant's going to inherit everything. God says, no, you're going to have your own child. Wow. So this is, this is a pickup from where he left off. You're going, Sarah's going to have a child in a year, what, next year. Sarah was listening from inside the tent. And you know what she did. She laughed, of course. We know. But let's read the story. Abraham and Sarah were both very old. Uh, this is the 12th chapter of Genesis, so don't believe that garbage about the years were different. Day four, the sun, moon, stars, and all that was created. Day four, not day one. Day four. And they were for times and seasons, months and days. These are real days. So Sarah was already over the hill at 85 years old. <sighs> Said they were old. This was a miracle. And besides that, she's fixing to laugh. So Sarah laughed silently. A woman at my age have a baby? Oh, praise the Lord. What miracle do you need today that looks like impossible? Wow. I need a miracle to get these bugs out of here. <laughs> Trust me, they will, because it's on my prayer list. Well, he said, how can a woman, an old woman like me, have a baby? 
Look what the Lord said. Is anything too hard for God? Oh, excuse me, that's what uh, God said to Abraham. Oh, we didn't finish that, excuse me. A woman at my age have a baby, she said. She scoffed to herself. And a husband as old as mine. Then God said to Abraham, now let me stop here a minute. This happened with Jesus several times. Simon, he was not Simon Peter, but another, he was a, he was a high priest. Oh, not a high priest, excuse me, he was a Pharisee. The woman from town, the harlot, came in there and was crying at Jesus' feet. And Simon thought to himself, he said, if this guy was a prophet, he'd know. Boy, Jesus knew what he was thinking. He said, Simon, I want to tell you something. Well, same thing here. Mary, I mean, excuse me, not Mary, but Sarah, she did this on the inside. But the Lord knew it. He knew it. Okay. So anyway, God said, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Remember, she's, you can't even see her. She's in the tent. Where's your wife? In the tent. The Lord didn't say, hey, come on out, Sarah, let's talk. She's in the tent. He says to Abraham, why did she laugh? And say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard? Now, can you imagine Sarah's in there going, oh, my God. How did he know that? So she's already flipping out knowing this is God. And she's going to deny it, see? But anyway, just as I told you, you'll see, I'll see to it Sarah has a son. I will see to it. Praise the Lord. Sarah denied it. Oh, I didn't laugh. She lied for she was afraid. I mean, wouldn't you? You'd be like, uh, 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 no, no, I didn't. No, uh, flipping her out over those brownies, isn't it? Okay, verse 16. Then the men stood up from their meal and started to Sodom. And Abraham went with them a part of the way. Now notice what the Lord says. Should I hide from Abraham my, my plan from Abraham, God said? For Abraham will become a mighty nation. He'll soon be a source of blessing for all nations of the earth. And I've picked him out to have godly descendants and a godly household, men who are just and good, so that I can do for him all I promise. So the Lord told Abraham, I've heard that the people of Sodom and Gomorrah are utterly evil, and everything they do is wicked. And I'm going to go down to see whether or not these reports are true, and I'll know. Now, look at this. The other two... Wait, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, now we got them split up. <laughs> These two in the next chapter, they're called two angels. Two angels went to Lot's house. Okay, so that's what these were. Okay, anyway. Now I want to point out something here. He's fixing to talk to Abraham about, uh, Ab about Sodom. Let's go back and let's pick up something about that because you have the details right here. When they left, now Lot's with them. That's his brother. They were, he was rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Lot, too, was wealthy. Okay, sheep and cattle. The land could not support both of them. So let me speed ahead. I'll paraphrase. Lot said, you go one way and I'll go another. So anyway, let's see which part Lot took. Uh, yeah, here it is. Anyway, Abraham stayed in the land of Canaan. Lot lived among the cities of the plain, settling near the city of Sodom. What's so important about this? The men of this area were unusually wicked and sinned greatly against Jehovah. Now, I'm going to get to it, but it's worse than just being, you know, you know, just homosexuality here, okay? But just wanted to tell you that that's the story behind this. Okay, so let's pick up where we were. All right. So the Lord said, hey, uh, I'm not going to hide this from Abraham. I want to talk to him. So anyway, uh, Abraham approached him and said, will you kill good and bad alike? So obviously, he had heard that I'm going to take out Sodom. Well, why was Abraham concerned? Lot. That was his nephew. And his nephew's uh, family, whatever. Suppose you find 50 godly within a city. Will you destroy it and, and not spare it for their sake? That wouldn't be right. Surely you wouldn't do such a thing to kill godly people with the wicked. Why you wouldn't be treating godly and wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should the judge of all the earth be fair? Shouldn't he? God replied, 
Remember, if I find 50? In other words, he was going by Abraham's words. I'll spare it. He said, I'll spare the, I'll spare the entire city. Abraham spoke again. Since I've begun, let me go on and speak further. I'm but dust and ashes. Okay. Suppose there's 45. Will you, destroy, will you destroy it for the lack of five? No. If there's 45, I'll keep it. Boy, the Lord's just saying, what, what do you want me to do here? I'll help you. Abraham went further. Suppose there's 40. I won't destroy it. Verse 40. Praise the Lord. Now, why do we have the details? Because Sodom and Gomorrah is already torched. It's already over with. It's gone, okay? But the Lord did what Abraham asked him to. Okay, we'll find out. He got Lot out in his family. But, so what do we get out of this? Oh, praise the Lord. Just act like Abraham. Since I've dared to speak to God, let me continue. Suppose there's only 20. Well, the Lord says, I won't do it. There's just 20 in there. And he goes down. I'm, one more time. If there's, what if there's just 10? Look what he says. This is the end of that chapter. Then for the sake of the ten, I won't destroy it. And the Lord went on his way and finished his conversation with Abraham. Abraham returned to his tent. Now, there was no chapter breaks, so here we go. That evening, that evening that Abraham just said bye-bye, that evening after he negotiated, well, if there's at least ten, everything's going to be okay. Two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Remember, they were unusually wicked. He's going to describe what it was. Lot was sitting there as they arrived. Now, Lot is what Abraham was worried about. That's his kinfolk. Have you got kinfolk? Now, let's, let's get this right. How far out? Well, that was his son. No, it wasn't. It was his brother's son. That's a nephew, okay? When, they saw, uh, when he saw the two men, he stood up to meet them and welcomed them. Sirs, he said, come to my home. See, Lot knew this place was terrible. Be my guest for the night. You can get up early as you like and kind of head on your way. <laughs> Oh, no, thanks. We'll just stretch out here along the street. Ooh, he was urgent. He's, until at last they said, okay, we'll go home with you. Boy, here's where you understand why the Lord was involved. He set before him a great feast, complete with freshly baked unleavened bread. After the meal, they were preparing to retire. Oh, no. Yes, sodomites, young and old, from all over the city, surrounded the house, shouted, we want to introduce ourselves to No, this is what they want to do. This is why the Lord was involved. Bring out those men so we can rape them. We don't even have that in San Francisco yet. Might be heading that way, but it ain't that way yet. Okay. Boy, Lot stepped outside. Notice, outside. Shut the door behind him. Hey, look, guys, cut this out. Don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I got... Man, Lot, have you lost your mind? I got two virgin daughters. I'll surrender them to do to them to you to do whatever you want. Oh, God, she. Uh, but leave these men alone. They're under my protection. Man, no wonder the Lord went down there. Stand back! They yelled. Who do you think you are? We let this fellow settle among us. Remember that thirteenth chapter? Probably two years ago, maybe. We'll deal with you far worse than these men. And they lunged at Lot, breaking down the door. Now, hang on. We know these are two angels, and you've got angels encamped about you. Watch this. The two men reached out, pulled Lot, pulled him in, bolted the door, temporarily blinding the men of Sodom. Man, they couldn't find anything. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, we are not hopeless. We have got angels. Jesus said himself, their angel is always looking into the face of the Father. That means your angel. He was talking about kids, but we all got them too. Anyway, the angel said, what relatives have you got in this city? And the men asked, 
uh, get them out of this place, sons-in-laws, daughters, anyone else. For we will destroy this city completely. The stench of this place has reached to heaven, and God has sent us to destroy it. So Lot, Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's uh, fiancés, Quick, get out of the city, for the Lord's going to destroy it. Look at this. This is stupid. Just like when Noah, they thought he was crazy. The young men looked at him as though he'd lost his senses. At dawn the next morning, the angels became urgent. Hurry, they said to Lot. We can't do anything till we get you out of here. Take your wife and your daughter. Now look what happens here. They didn't want to go. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here and get out while you can or you'll be caught in the destruction. While Lot still hesitated. Now remember, I'm fixing to show you this is all your prayers for your kinfolk. And God did it. The, uh, it don't matter. The angels will get them. The angels seized his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful. Now you're going to have a town named after it. I mean, you can't be naming towns out of fairy tales and fables. Flee for your lives. We're almost done here. The angels told him, don't look back. Escape to the mountains. Don't stay here on the plain or you'll die. Oh, no, sirs. Please, Lot begs, since you've been so kind to save me and, and my life and you've granted me such mercy, let me flee to that little village over there. For I fear disaster in the mountain. I mean, golly. Whew. Now remember, Lot was, he didn't know too much about the Lord. He didn't. Anyway. See, the village is close by, just a small one. Please let me go there. Don't you see how small it is? My life will be saved. All right, the angel said. I accept your proposition and I won't destroy that little city. But hurry, I can't do anything until you're there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I can't do anything. Man, we are so protected. Thank God. Hallelujah. Anyway. From that time on, here's where your names and places. Meaning, uh, from that time on, that, little, that vil village was called Zor, meaning little city. The sun was rising as Lot reached the village. Then the Lord rained fire and flaming tar down from heaven on Sodom and Gomorrah. Utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages and plant, eliminated life, plants, animals alike. Lot's wife looked back uh, as she was following behind and became a pillar of salt. Wow. That morning Abraham rose up early in the morning to look at the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked out across the plain and he saw Sodom and Gomorrah and saw the columns of smoke and fumes as a furnace rising from the cities thereof. So God heeded Abraham's plea. Look at that. Kept Lot safe. Praise the Lord, removing him from the maelstrom of death that engulfed the cities. Praise the Lord. Gosh. And, I, and, and this is interesting. This next part right here. Your prayers, this is going to transcend 400 years right here, verse 30. It's kind of weird, a little incest going on here, but remember the story. This, that town was totally wicked, okay? Afterward, Lot left there, fearing the people there, and went to live in a cave. Remember, his wife's dead, okay, with his two daughters. One day, the older daughter said, the older girl said, there isn't a man in here in this entire country our dad would let us marry. What they, kind of plan do they come up with? Now, it's in here for a reason, so we'll see it. Come, let's, let's get him drunk. We'll sleep with him so that our clan won't him. So they got him drunk, and the older sister went in and had sexual intercourse with him. He was unaware of it when he got up. The next morning, the younger sister said, hey, I slept with him. You know, dad, last night, let's do it again. Oh, man. I know, look at this. And, and you go in so that our family line will continue. Now, what's the family line? Well, it's going to be two, Moabites and Amabites. Ammonites, here they go. So anyway, the older daughter's baby was called Moab. 
He became what? The ancestor of the nation of the Moabites. And guess what? When Moses and them brought them out of the promised land, they're on the way. God would not allow them to attack the Moabites. Why? Because they were descendants of Abraham. I mean, they were, they were brothers is what it's called. Of that. The younger girl was Ben-Ami, and they, were, they wound up being of the Ammonites. See, there it is. The nation of the Ammonites. And when you watch Deuteronomy, the recap of Deuteronomy, when they're going in, they're, they're, it's the final speech before they get there. And they're recapping. When they go through where the Ammonites were, God says, don't mess with them. I'm not going to give you any of their land because they belong to basically the prayer that the Lord, I mean, that Abraham had prayed. But it's so far-reaching. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Kept them safe. And so the Lord kept the Moabites safe. Now, later they, they went down the tubes, you'll notice. Because they're worshiping other gods, just like Israel did. These guys here were protected too. There was another group called the Edomites. The Edomites were her, Jacob and Esau. It was Jacob's brother Esau, his descendants. The Lord kept all them safe too. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. No matter what it is. Financially, if we're hurting, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. You brought them out with silver and gold. And we certainly are taking care of the same way. If it's some other problem we're faced with, Lord, what could it be that your hand's too short you can't save us? Oh, you'll help us and we thank you for it. So, Lord, we're going to keep writing our records and telling everybody around us that it's you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Praise God.